Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Snyder Crusaders, welcome back to our election special, The Aftermath. Uh, If you're listening to this on the podcast, this is the final segment of the TV show. And if you're watching this on the TV show, this is our Politics by Faith segment. Uh, We have a podcast called Politics by Faith. and We take uh, the story of the day and we lament the brokenness in it. And then we add some historical perspective and some biblical truth to make the anxiety go away. Today, I have more, and you can subscribe to that podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts. Today, I have more than anxiety. I have hopelessness right now. I have anger. I have frustration. I feel confused. How could Fetterman possibly, like, who is that person who voted for John Fetterman? It boggles my mind. Uh, You may feel lost. You may feel terrified. You may not know what to do. It's not a good feeling right now, and I'm totally with you. And there's, I, to me, it's hopelessness. That's what I feel more than hopelessness. If Republicans couldn't win this election, <laughs> this, is, this is the layup. And if they couldn't win this, what hope could a Republican ever have ever again to, to stop the Democrats from keeping power and, and the spiraling of our nation with inflation, crime, the border. I mean, these are major issues. And a majority of the American people said, you know what, I think the Democrats are doing great. (laughs) What? It's so overwhelming and annoying and frustrating. So I've been sitting in my my hopelessness, especially because I was expecting something very different. So it's a bit of a, a smack in the face too, as we talked about in the first segment. But I realized, or I'm realizing, that I am trying to take way too much control over this and I'm forgetting who's really in control. There's a great tension in the Christian life between God's sovereignty, and we'll define that word in a second, but you have God's sovereignty, his control, and also like my role, right? Because yeah, God's sovereign, but that doesn't mean you can sit back and do nothing and be like, well, he's got it. I'll give you an example. Let me give you a life example, and then I'll give you a politics example. First, we'll do life. My son, James, he's in the NICU right now. He was born last Friday. He has fluid in his lungs. He can't breathe. So they rushed him off to the children's hospital. Talk about terrifying. Here's the the bracelet for the children's hospital. He'll be there for about three weeks. It's brutal. He's doing better. At this point, it seems like he'll get better. It'll just take time. James is in a way better situation than than almost every other kid in the NICU at the moment. But I'll never forget this one moment in time. It was just a few minutes after James was born. And James was on mom, and the nurse could tell that something was wrong. He was gasping for breath for too long. He was making grunting noises. His nostrils were flaring. He was struggling. So she called the NICU nurse from down the hall 
And the Nicodemus took him and laid James on his back on a table and put a mask over his face and was pushing oxygen in his lungs and also measuring the oxygenation of his blood at the same time. And it was way too low. And I, I was standing right there and I thought my son was dying right in front of my eyes. This was three days ago. And I had this thought. I said, thank God for this nurse who's been a NICU nurse for 30 years. Right? She's seen it all. She acted as calmly as could be. She had complete confidence, total control, like self-control over herself, over the moment. She never rushed. She never panicked. Total control over herself. It was, it was pretty wonderful to see. And I had faith in her. I had faith in her ability and her judgment in the moment. <clears throat> and then we had these incredible machines giving my son the, the, just the right amount of oxygen and also the ability to measure his oxygen in real time to see whether or not it's working and all this. So we had this amazing nurse. And like, I, I don't know anything. Like, I, what, am I, what could I possibly do, right? So I know nothing. But I have this amazing nurse and this amazing technology. And they were doing their thing and they were doing great. The machine was working, the nurse was doing her thing. But it hit me, only God is in control over this moment. That's it. The technology can only do so much. The nurse can only do so much. And both of them were doing as much as they could, but only God could keep my son's heart beating. Only God could keep my son's lungs trying to breathe. God was in total and complete control over that moment. But since then, I've been thinking, if God is in control of that moment completely, then why do we even need the nurse? Why do we even need the technology? Couldn't the nurse just sit back and, and, and leave my son on the table and be like, oh, don't worry, God's in control. Couldn't the nurse just stop using the technology and be like, hey, if God wants him to live, then uh, we don't need this oxygen machine. God will do it. So I've been thinking a lot about this. I've been struggling with this. I'm not the first person to wonder these things, by the way. This is some ancient theology. Let me table that. All right, that's the scene right now in my life. Let's go to politics. Let's pivot to politics because it's a similar question. The Republicans, in, uh, yes, it's comparative to what we were expecting, but got crushed. Okay. It boggles the mind, quite frankly. So far below expectations, so far counter to historical trends, it doesn't make any sense at all. Proverbs 21.1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord like the rivers of water. He, God, turns it, the heart, wherever he wishes. God turns the heart. God controls the heart. Uh, this is a, an ancient idea, too, the, 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 or a pagan idea, I should say. The, the Roman goddess Venus, the adjective that was always given to Venus, uh, the, the word next to her name was always Venus verticordia, verticordia, and it means changer of hearts. So even the pagans had this idea that the heart is in control of something bigger than you. And the Bible speaks to that, too. So to parallel to the NICU experience, God is in control of this election. Know that. I'm lost, I'm hopeless, I'm desperate, I don't know what to do, it doesn't make sense, blah, blah, blah. God is in control of that election. God's sovereignty, he's in control of everything. It doesn't say, God's not in control of everything except for American midterm elections. There's nothing like an asterisk there. <laughs> like, oh, well, not that. He's in control of everything else except for that. No, no, God is in control here. But then I ask, well, what's the point of voting? Why vote if God has it anyway? And even if you do vote, God is in control of the hearts of the leaders in power, so why be involved at all? God's in control of everything. Do you see the tension? That's what I've been struggling with. First, let's define sovereignty. That's important to know. This is the best definition of sovereignty I could find. His complete and total independent control over every creature, 
event and circumstance at every moment in history, subject to none, influenced by none, absolutely independent. God does what he pleases only as he pleases, always as he pleases. God is in complete control over every molecule in the universe at every moment. And everything that happens is either caused or allowed by him for his own perfect purposes. That's the key line at the end. It is super hard to accept that. <laughs> it is so hard to accept that. Our pride doesn't want us to accept that. But it's true. Peter said, Jesus was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. God knew it was all going to happen. That wasn't plan B. Joseph told his brothers, he said, it was not you who sent me into slavery. It was God. The famous line from Joseph is, as for you, what you intended against me for evil, God intended for good. Hmm. In order to accomplish a day like this, to preserve the lives of many people, God is in total control. So it's good. I, I've, I personally have gotten to the point where I trust God. I trust his sovereignty. But now what? What does that mean? Does that mean I don't have to do anything myself? If God's sovereignty is true, then what's my role in anything? Why do I have to do anything? So let's go back to my son. My confusion was that I made a distinction. I put a wall in between God up there and the means that God was using to keep my son alive down here. As if God was up there, and then there was this wall, and then the nurse and technology was down here doing their own thing. And there was no connection between them. Well, like, of course not. In reality, God was acting through those things. God was acting through this nurse and through this, this technology to keep my son alive. I also prayed in gratitude to the people who invented these machines, these people who shipped these machines, the, the, the tech person at the hospital who makes sure that these machines are always working for the oil that was burned to, to, to power the factories that manufactured them. God is in control of all of it. All of that is God working. Colossians 1.16 says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Okay, okay. So if that's true, that's true, and I think it is. And maybe you don't. That's fine. I do think that's true. What are we to do? I read the other day that the New Testament has 1,050 commands for Christians to obey. 1,050 commands. I'm sure that's not an exhaustive list. I don't know. I didn't go through all of them, but it's an amazing list. There are 74 B's. Like, be wise, be thankful, be content, be patient, be of good cheer. There's 74 of those. There are 30 do not be's. <laughs> do not be troubled. Do not be slothful. Do not be afraid of man. There's 14 bewares, four things to flee from, 10 do's, 10 do nots, 10 things to follow, six things to lay aside, seven things to keep, five goes, seven halves, 14 holds, 100 lets, 12 lets nots. 42 let us's, eight let us nots, eight put aways, six put offs, 12 put ons. 1,050 commands in total. And there's some commands that stood out to me and maybe they'll help for you in general, in life, whatever else is going on in your life and in the election. There are three things, three commands that God commands you to continue in. Three things to continue in, three commands to continue in, love, prayer, and truth. Continue in these things, love, prayer, and truth. There's two things to endure. 
hardness and sufferings. Mm. And there's one thing to never cast away. Your confidence in God. That's what it says. Hebrews 10.35, never cast away your confidence in God. So trust God. He has it. Even if your son is on the table, he can't breathe. He has it. Also, he has some commands for you along the way. He works through you. How wonderful to be used by him. Philippians 2.12 says, uh, it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. The theological answer to what I was struggling with is called compatib compatib compatibilism, by the way. <laughs> you, wanna, you can look it up if you want to know more about it. Compatibilism. So, this election really stunk. That's where I'm at right now. I feel hopeless. But that's because I'm thinking I'm the one who has it. I'm in control. And I don't, I don't have control. I, my team lost. I lost. My, I, I lost. So I'm not in control. And that's why I feel hopeless. Does that make sense? Like, I thought I have control over this thing. It didn't go as I wanted it to go. Therefore, I don't have control. Therefore, I feel lost. And therefore, hopeless. But know that you don't have control. And you never had control. Someone way bigger than you does. In conclusion, please pray for James that he has a full recovery. We're headed to the hospital right now. Pray for the other babies in the NICU who have it way worse than James. Pray for our country. You may feel like giving up. You may feel discouraged and want to give up. You think the drag queens who are reading to your kids have decided to hang up their high heels? <laughs> you think the abortionists have decided to retire? And you think, you think if, the, if the Democrats lost, do you think they would? They think they'd be just so discouraged. They're like, I can't even do abortions anymore. They're not giving up. You think the environmentalists have suddenly decided that oil is actually really good for human flourishing? No way. They haven't given up. You got to get up and do the work. Lick your wounds. Let's go. James ain't giving up. Embrace the struggling. Embrace the hardness. Endure it. God told you to. Endure it with love, prayer, truth, and confidence in him. God is in control. And who knows? God could be working through you. Even, and maybe even especially, in the hardest of times. So this election's over. They're still counting the votes, of course. But you know what I mean. The election's over. Nothing has changed. Maybe things have gotten worse. It's okay. We still have work to do. Through him. And I'm happy to do it. Politics by Faith, please download the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. We've got many more because we've got a lot more problems that we got to work through. Politics by Faith, Mike Slater. Spread the word. Mm -hmm.